is a new concept um, and with that I am hoping that this turns into basically what I've been looking to do um, but previously couldn't quite you know get there I, I, I couldn't get there previously uh, hopefully this is this is it um, today we are going to start controversial um, Admittedly, a lot of what I say might be considered controversial um, to certain people, but I feel that I am speaking alongside the general working class when I say the things that I am going to be saying here. Um, and I'm hoping that there can be some unity of, of thought and appreciation between uh, myself and you, the listener. Um, that can be reached. Um, but we are going to start with an article that I have pulled up here from People's World. Um, now, if you don't know uh, about People's World, basically it's a continuation of the, uh, the legendary Daily Worker. I strongly recommend that you check it out. And this piece is by uh, Mr. Steve Sweeney. And it is titled, Journalists and Leftists are Targets on New Ukraine Undesirables Hit List. And it goes, a list of undesirables, quote-unquote, has been published in Ukraine, encouraging citizens to become informers for the security forces targeting leftists accused of supporting the Russian invasion of the country. Now, it goes on to say the anonymous authors of the so-called Brown List claim to be progressives, but it has been compared to notorious um, Mirotrets. Uh, I, I know I butchered that, but uh, it apparently it translates to Peacemaker. It's a website launched by the former governor of the Lungast, um, George Tuka, in December 2014. Now the website has a um, backing, it says allegedly, um, and was allegedly backed by the Security Service of Ukraine, the SBU, and it, pers it published personal data on those deemed to be enemies of Ukraine on several occasions. Uh, basically, it, it doxes people, and uh, a lot of people, for the record, on this list have been taken out. So a government-backed uh, hit list that can basically be traced right back to them um, exists. And enemies of the state, quote-unquote, supposed, um, are, you know, they're being taken out. They're being doxed and assassinated, 
at the behest of the country, essentially, is how it appears. Now, remember, before the Russian invasion, where we decided we were going to fight Russia by proxy, technically, uh, until the last Ukrainian, just the same way we did it with Afghanistan, fighting Afghanistan's, uh, Russia to the last Afghanistan, uh, Afghani. It's basically just a, a circle, you know, and uh, I think it deserves to be called out uh, that it was well known that this country was super corrupt um, and remains to be. So uh, all even New York Times and all of them admitted previously that they have a huge, terrible neo-Nazi problem there. But now we can't talk about it in the same way. We can't talk about Biden's like senility uh, anymore now that the primaries are complete. But so on this list, let's see. Um, so there have been journalists, there have been opposition politicians um, assassinated. Nearly 200,000 names were believed to be on the list, including residents of Crimea. Syrian president uh, name added in 2018, while U.S. actor Steven Seagal uh, apparently are on there too. Man, it is... It is sickening. And uh, in the same way that Israel gets passes when it comes to human rights and how we expect to get, you know, America expects to get passes on human rights violations. Essentially, that's what the media is doing right now in regards to Ukraine. Roger Waters, Pink Floyd, um, is on these hit lists. Dugan, a man who has... Uh, his place in Russia has been overstated. Um, lost his daughter. Her name's on the list. You know, the funny thing about Russia is the 2016 election. Um, basically, per it proved many things, and it created what I call the Trump effect. And it, it took me far too long to see this. But the Trump effect basically means that people will hate this man so much, perhaps deservingly. But they'll hate him so much to the point where they will shift their entire worldview if it means getting back at him or that it might somehow be in opposition of him. Case in point, the FBI situation right now. All of a sudden, liberals and supposed leftists and the like, people that claim themselves to be socialist and or communist, yet continue to vote blue no matter who. Well, you know, that's, that's the problem. But, exactly like... Um, Conservatives have been, and it's been bled into Americans in general, but especially conservatives, um, for a very long time, communism bad, right? That's, that's the thing we are taught. The Red Scare is 
never really ended, just like the Cold War never truly ended. Never did. Not really. That Red Scare mentality was sent to the core being of these liberals, etc., etc. Because it is Russia's fault that Trump even had that first term at all, right? That's what we are told. And anyone who disagrees with the liberals is instantly labeled a Russian asset. Russian bot is my favorite, but, you know. It's, it's said almost as if it's a joke, but they also mean it. And they mean it because that it's, it's blue MAGA. And they can't see it the same way maggot folk can't see it. Because they are hurting, and they're hurting because of a system. And they, they just have a hard time breaking out of that system, that abusive relationship. They have a hard time doing it. As if foreigners care that the bombs raining down on them suddenly have, you know, pride flags on them, right? That's, that's the saying. Here's the facts. Russia did have intentions. They had people they wanted in power here in this country. And they spent some money, maybe a lot, maybe a little, depending on who you are. But they spent money placing ads and, you know, camp campaigning, basically, in their, in their own propagandist ways to get select names put in power. But the fact of the matter is, that makes sense that they would do that. You see, Russia is a country that have their own interests. Of course, they're going to want to have some say, even if it's a minor say. They're going to want some say, though, in who's going to be the leader of, quote-unquote leader, of a country that they are stuck in a forever war with. They're going to want some say in it. So, yeah, they made efforts. I don't agree with their efforts, but they were selecting people they thought would be least harmful. He was fearful that People like Clinton, you know, would be too war hawkish and continue the neoliberal, you know, escalation tactics that we are seeing literally right now under Biden. He was, they were afraid of that, right? It makes sense. You know, politicians do this too. They put out their own narratives. We do this to other countries, and, and worse, of course. But we do this in other countries, too. We put money into who we want to be. Um, and that's if we don't stage coups and, you know, all that fun shit. <clears throat> Ukraine and Israel and all of them do it, too. But... Russia always has to be a target because war is money 
and money is the only thing that matters to these people. You know, Biden is the third president in a row now to strike Syria. In response, here's the official narrative, it's in response to a no damage, no death strike. Trump let out a secret, an open secret, but one he wasn't supposed to be so blunt, blunt about, like he had a bad tendency of doing. Bad for his career, at least. Yeah, no, um, he let slip that we were there because of the oil. Of course, that and the wheat. We are in a country, and in enabling a genocide for oil and wheat and we get mad when the country that we are inhabiting by force does minor retaliation moves Libya, Somalia, Afghanistan, Yemen Right now, I am nearing 2,000 followers on TikTok. I have, I think, near 3,000 on Facebook. I think 700 or so on Twitter. Podcast gets a little bit of reach. And I bring this up not to sound like a brag, because I know that's actually pretty small. Small following. But I am hoping, you know, for the record... That you, whomever you may be, will continue to listen um, and maybe even share these these episodes. Specifically because I hope that you see me as a voice for the working class. And someone who is speaking the truth in a world that rarely does. Wow. big story right now is Biden, dark Biden is what they're calling him now, finally doing one of the things he promised, at least part of it, you know, 10,000 student loans forgiven, more of course if you were uh, super smart on Pell Grants, of course the all black colleges and all of that, those promises left off. And if Trump had done such a thing, of course he would have been instantly in every single headline being labeled racist right now, but not Biden. You ain't black guy. <clears throat> bus man, bus man Biden. What's not being discussed enough, because this is being sold as a big win, despite the fact that it is another failure by the man, though. Because, see, he could right now just forgive all student loans with a flick of a pen, and then make college free in general, at least at state colleges. But he won't. 
a middle ground um, option that I heard recently mentioned on the Hills Rising by Robbie of all people. And I actually agreed was if you are seeking a middle ground, but it would still be seen as extremist, of course, in the media. But if you're looking for a middle ground, you would make student colleges affordable by looking at how much the average person in that state makes. And then you would base it off that. And you would make it affordable and you would have to set the parameters. But yeah, no, instead the man who played a big part in making colleges as expensive and exploitative as they are today did the bare minimum just to get some good PR without realizing that he didn't even address the root cause of the problem and now colleges will just exploit it because that's how capitalism works and then the prices will go up. It will be a small little relief for a big problem later. The same administration has completely given up on COVID too. Numbers aren't even really being accurately reported, it seems, not anymore. Not that they fully, truly ever were, but the CDC has especially given up. Their new guidance is basically, fuck it. That's what it reads like, at least. Of course, make sure to go to these sites, and this is not personal advice. <clears throat> you know, you know. Yeah, no, COVID is still a very real thing. Some people have a hard time fully accepting that because, you know, it got politicized. But And to be fair, a lot of the people that were labeled conspiracy theorists throughout the, you know, two and a half years inevitably ended up being right on many things. But it truly is still a very real thing. And our world, the way it works right now, today, is basically guaranteeing that it's coming to be a thing forever. It is the pandemic that is here to stay, and it will continue to be downplayed over and over and over again. Because at this point, that's the only strategy they know how to do. And we just have to all accept this. Now, I just lost my father-in-law within the month to the virus that he did not believe in. A virus that he refused to get vaccinated um, for. A man who doctors suggested probably had at least 20 more years left and he is now gone. He fought like hell, and I give him all props to this, to, for this. And if you want to consider this a mock eulogy or something, that's fine. Because the man deserves it. But he fought like hell. They didn't even want to vent him. They were basically ready to let him go when he got in there. Because he got in there and his oxygen was low. And they were ready to let him go. And he got in there, he got put on the vent, anyways, and he fought like hell. 
every single time that they tried to count him out, he kept fighting and lasting longer. Even when they pulled him off of the vent and they said he would just go instantly, he still tried to fight. He was a wolf, that man. A man who took me in at one point when me and my family were at our lowest following a car accident that made it to where we couldn't even work for like a year and asked no questions in the process. He was, he was there and ready for us the second we had a problem. He was a hurting man too, though. A hurt man. Though hurting actually seems more accurate. But he was a man that had felt screwed by the system. He was looking for answers. And he turned to QAnon. And that turned to vaccine hesitancy. The last message I have on Messenger from him. Let's take a look at it. Signal out here is always pretty bad. It's taking a while to load. Where are you? It's from the Epoch Times. The headline is Pfizer vaccine pairs sperm count. Before that, can the COVID vaccine affect fertility? Clearly sending a uh, message, huh? <laughs> We made a big mistake. COVID vaccine spike protein travels from injection site can cause organ damage. Children's health defense. That was one before that. He tried to warn me about Echo Dot before that. Just, you know. COVID's still very much a real thing, and we are still losing more and more people to it. And it's just going to continue to mutate. It has gotten to the point where basically everyone has gotten it now at this point at least once. I get being afraid of it. And if that's why you want to pretend it's not real, that's fine. But it has personally affected my family in a way that while we have all been affected in a way that is exclusive um, to my experience and only a small other group because I am married to a frontline worker, a hospital worker who I have seen, I have seen her go through this and I have now lost a father-in-law. I'm pro-vaccine, I'm anti-mandates, um, the way they've been handled here at least, since we didn't actually take care of the people during it, not the working class at least, it was just another huge upward transfer of wealth. Further creating a, uh, a country where the middle class barely even exist now. And the majority of Americans are living check to check, hurting. 
appreciate anyone who's listening in. I hope uh, I I honestly hope some people eventually, if I continue doing these long enough to get a decent following on it, I hope some people even use it to go to sleep too. I think shows like that are fun. Biden was a safer option for US, U.S. interests abroad and domestically, and more of a good old pawn. That's why the FBI favored him, and as was just now confirmed, it's why they helped suppress a story on Hunter, the FBI did. Now, that's collusion and interference, isn't it? In a way, at least. Of course, the Democrats do a lot of that. We're not supposed to talk about that. They do. Hell, I saw firsthand during the last election cycle where I was a campaign manager for a Texas congressional candidate. And even though we had followed direct orders... Our campaign had a few others. The Democrats waited until the final week, like to basically be signed up for the actual race, and they were going to be making the uh, voter um, cards and all that, like the actual ballots, printing up the ballots. The Democrats basically sued to get us taken off. They didn't want any thing to do with us. They wanted to participate in voter suppression. And they were given the benefit of the doubt by a Democrat, ju du uh, <laughs> Democrat judge. We're just going to be raw here. Not going to cut that. And um, it took a lot of fighting and some legal battles behind the scenes. But we got put back on. Of course, by then it was too late. But the Democrat didn't even win. How you doing, Wendy? Yeah, she didn't even win. This type of thing is pretty common. North Carolina just had a situation too. Greens won that battle as well. By the way, uh, reprinting those ballots like was required in Texas, that cost the taxpayer like, actual money to have that done. That's fun, right? For the record, uh, the RW Plus B podcast, which is a sh conversation show I have, um, I'm going to have that candidate that I campaigned for, I'm going to have him on my show, so stay tuned for that. Should be coming up real soon. RW plus B, the word plus, dot page, instead of com, dot page. If you want to check out some of my other content. We are going to close this, the debut episode. 
We're going to close this one last story. Note that Red Rose News Sunday Night is a show that I am planning to run clearly on Sunday nights. Uh, moving forward, I will try to do so most weeks. I look to include um, two additional um, like sections to the show outside of just the standard Red Rose News subject matter. Those two include Nerd Shit and MWO. The first one looks at basically just nerdy related news. The second of of which um, stylized kind of like the old NWO wrestling logo um, as MWO, Metropolitan World Order. The Metro, it looks at basically the biggest uh, sports news in the New York, New Jersey general area. Um, other things I have... Just a heads up, um, but if you go to that rwplusb.page uh, site, you will see um, links to uh, my wrestling blog that basically kind of started this whole brand. Um, my TikTok, Facebook, Rumble, uh, my Substack, where Red Rose Register is posted, which is almost like a written version of like this. Um, and, you know, links to all the podcasts that I put out, including one called Take It Home with a buddy of mine, uh, Steve Stone, retired professional wrestler. <clears throat> um, Glitch Speed News, which is a fun little one I do, mainly on Rumble. Uh, I have another one coming up where basically it's, it's called Red Reads, and I'm going to be just reading books. I think I would appreciate that, or at least enjoy doing so, and I hope... Maybe a few of y'all do too. And then I have other content, but you can, again, go to that site and see that. Let's go ahead and get to this story, though. My last story. This one is actually interesting. It's from the Libertarian Institute. Now, the term libertarian, especially in this country, has a pretty bad connotation. Um... For a lot of people, at least, especially um, like leftists. But um, the term has basically been morphed to fit our own political spectrum and is far more of an umbrella term. A lot of libertarians actually are wildly different in view on many things. Um, technically speaking, I am a libertarian socialist, uh, I think is what I'm classified as, but anyways, the title is Washington is Gaslighting Us About Taiwan, and it's by Patrick McFarland. I think it's an interesting piece, <clears throat> and it reads, get a drink, since Nancy Pelosi's Purposeless diplomatic visit to Taipei on August 2nd. Cross-strait tensions have soared between tai Taiwan and China. Pelosi's envoy has effectively reduced U.S.-China relations to its lowest point since at least 1995, when diplomatic efforts between Washington and Taipei instigated a tit-for-tat military standoff between Washington and Beijing. 
a very tense moment, mind you, people. For those of you that don't remember this, haven't read about it. In response um, to Pelosi's visit, China's People's Liberation Army, the PLA, launched an unprecedented series of military drills in six marine sectors around Taiwan. Yep, that Taiwan. The drills included anti-submarine and sea assault operations and a simulated blockade of the island. Chinese fighters and warships crossed the Taiwan Strait's median line every day that these drills took place. And the high point of Beijing's response occurred immediately after she departed from Taiwan when it launched a rocket barrage over the island. And after the trip, U.S. officials and pundits redoubled their attempts to cast Beijing's response as an unprovoked overreaction as they had done in the days preceding it. Blinken's August 1st pre-visit statement is emblematic, thank you, of the war party's post-trip spin. Here we go. It, it goes, what I can say is this. This is very much precedent in the sense that a previous speaker has visited Taiwan. Many members of Congress go to Taiwan, including this year, and so, if the speaker does decide to visit and China decides to create some kind of crisis or otherwise escalate tensions, well, that would be entirely on Beijing. We are looking for them. In the event she decides to visit, to act responsibly and not engage in any escalation going forward. We probably shouldn't speak, by the way, about Pelosi's uh, offspring being with her, should we? No, maybe not. Maybe it future episode. Maybe we can also cover her finances and her husband's misdoings. It could be fun. Anyways, Blinken's statement and <laughs> basically the hawkishness that pours out of it. Uh, they are gaslighting. Yes, I agree. In modern uh, parlance, the term gaslighting broadly denotes a pattern of manipulation that victims experience in abusive relationships. Psychology Today defines it thusly, Glasslighting is an insidious form of manipulation and psychological control that's fair. Now this piece goes on to say the phenomenon was professionally documented, perhaps for the first time in 1969. The Lancet published it. Gaslight Phenomenon was the title. I believe I read that at one point. That or I've read it about it. Maybe we should uh, cover that one future episode too, how well. Now, the 1969 article named the phenomena after the 38 plague gaslight in which a husband attempts to rid himself of his wife by driving her into a mental asylum. The specific gaslight arguments that the Hawks employ against China are as follows. Number one, Beijing is overreacting. On August 4th, the National Security Council Strategic Communications Coordinator, John Kirby, told reporters, 
quote, China has chosen to overreact and use the speaker's visit as a pretext to increase provocative military activity in and around the Taiwan Strait. We anticipate that China might take steps like this. We anticipated that they might take steps like this. Emphasis added. Kirby's statement itself betrays his desired narrative. It implies Pelosi's visit was a convenient pretext for Beijing to justify an increase in its military activity in the strait. This framing does not comport with reality. On the contrary, Beijing reportedly warned against the visit. Anyways, it goes on. Number two is that Pelosi's visit has precedent. Let's see. The war party line. It's true, only to the extent that former Speaker Newt Gingrich did fly to Taiwan 1997. Hmm. Number three was that Beijing's military drills are reckless and unprovoked. Yeah, scanning this. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's much like us claiming that Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the long bit of history behind it, of course. But it's like trying to say that that was unprovoked. Not justifying, just to be clear. But, um, yeah, that's like pretending that that was unprovoked. Number four, Pelosi's visit does not contradict long-standing U.S. policy Taiwan Relations Act of 1979 expressly terminates uh, terminates governmental relations between the United States and governing authorities on Taiwan. The United States does not and should not have formal or informal diplomatic relations. What is it called when the sitting Speaker of the House, the third in line to the presidency, has a meeting with the sitting president of Taiwan again? Number five, Pelosi's visit is not a danger to China. Well, according to the One China policy, Taiwan is China. This is official United States policy, at least on paper, when we're not trying to provoke and send a message about what's going on globally, flagging our little flag, waving our shrivel up little dick in the air, in the wind. Through the decades, especially since the beginning of the Trump administration, the United States has been moving away from this policy, strategic ambiguity, regarding the actions it will take to defend Taiwan in the event of Chinese invasion. Pelosi's visit is a late-stage step toward a formal American delegation. See, this is the problem. It ends... How else can anyone believe that Beijing's actions come out of clear blue sky? It's an economic decoupling between well, all involved. These ties between our major, major impediment to war. Furthermore, close military ties between the U.S. and Taiwan could give the U.S a permanent military presence within what they consider China. Like before 1979, China does not want this, which is 
fair, seeing as it's just a fear tactic that we like to utilize. And well, why the fuck would China want, you know, that there? This is the best part, by the way, just to rewind, but this is the best part where it says American China hawks have used these arguments to manufacture consent for increasing confrontation over China, over Taiwan, including forthcoming quote-unquote air and maritime transits in the Taiwan Strait that could lead to war. These, wa these hawks must convince the American public to distrust their own perceptions of reality to do so, like war hawks are so prone to do. Remember, war just hurts the working class. We literally are all that we have. Do not allow politicians and the mainstream media to continue to make you further separate from your neighbors. You are all... We... Correction. We are all that we have. We must all unite. Get over the culture war bullshit. Get over it. So that we can finally fight the class war. Thank you sincerely to anyone who made it this far. And is interested in future episodes. Have a fantastic rest of your evening. Be kind to yourself and others. We can all do better. Peace.